Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Do you want to be successful? How about cutting time to get to your goals significantly? Ever wish you could find a shortcut? That's the subject of today's Aim Higher discussion. It's all about mentoring, a powerful way to accelerate your results to get you literally to any goal. I'm a big fan of mentoring relationships. I've had the opportunity to mentor individuals, and I take great satisfaction in seeing them grow. I also have had the opportunity to learn from some great minds, which is such a gift. Now, a mentor may be a formal relationship with someone, or it may even be a virtual relationship. In fact, the reason I read so much is that I'm curious and constantly learning from others. I'd rather learn from someone else's mistakes than make them myself. I'd rather take a shortcut if someone else has already figured out the best way forward. I remember a few years ago interviewing author Andy Andrews. He talked about having a virtual board of directors. I thought that was fascinating. He said some of the people on his board, his virtual board, had actually died years and years ago, but he imagined them into existence, and he's still learning from them via their writings. Now, it was a mentoring relationship of a very different sort, one that I hadn't heard before, but it was still mentoring of a type. Now, I've also had some mentors that I've never met. These are people who I've heard their teaching so many times on tape, now digital, tape kind of dates me, now reading. But they literally are people who are in my head because I've heard them and I've heard what they're saying over and over and over. Maybe a quote, maybe a book that I've read over and over again. My utmost for is highest. I read this book daily and all of a sudden I start to hear the voice of the author. So mentoring is a powerful weapon in your success arsenal. So today we're going to talk about all things mentoring. I have two trusted executives who've worked with me for many years. We first have Drew Bordis, who is an operations specialist. Welcome, Drew. Hi, Skip. It's good to be trusted. It's good to be trusted, isn't it? And we have Tammy Spade, who is, I never get the order right, but it's people, purpose, place. Perfect. And perfect. No, that, so that was So she's four perfect. things, people, place, <laughs> purpose, and perfect. Pract- Welcome, Tammy. Practically love perfect it. in every way. Practically perfect. Yes, excellent. So both Drew and Tammy have their specialty areas, but I frequently actually ask them, actually daily or hourly, uh, and other members of the leadership team to weigh in on the general business of the issues of the day, not just their own area. So let's talk all things mentoring. Are you ready for this? Yes. Ready. All right. Well, you know, before people begin, you think about getting a mentor, you know, you have to put yourself in this place of, I want a mentor. How do you even know if someone's ready for a mentor? Ready to be a mentor? Ready to be mentored. Yeah. Ready to be a mentee. Yes. Yes. Well, I I can take a shot at that. I think um, part of it is willingness to learn and willingness to be taught or to be coached. If someone feels as if, hey, I've got it all together, I don't really need any input advice, new information, new way of doing anything, then they're probably not ready to be mentored. And so it is true, right? There are people who are just not ready. Yes. And, and, And I would say that's one of the big mistakes people make sometimes is they think, oh, you're struggling, you need a mentor, and they assign the person, but the person's literally not ready to hear it. Now, that can happen with, say, a teenager who's not ready to hear something, but it can happen with somebody at any age where, you know what, I just don't want to hear that right now or maybe ever. Have you seen that too? 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad we got into that right from the beginning, too, because I've had people who maybe would read a book or hear a podcast like this one, and all of a sudden they've got it in their head. They're very ambitious. They're very eager. Now they need a mentor. So they say, literally, I need a mentor. Help me find a mentor. Well, okay, what do you need help with? I'm not sure, but I need to be mentored. Well, <laughs> that's not how it works, right? You really have to think about what, what am I trying to get better at or figure out or what have I struggled with or what does that person do that I think is particularly interesting? I'd like to be able to do it like them. You have to go through that thought process first. So how do you help them with that? So they're not ready for a mentor. They ask you, they come across, they say, I need a mentor. And you say what? To help you with what? <laughs> That's your first yeah. question back, right? Yeah. So you're going to dig into that area, like you said, and then they have to go through this almost discovery process. I, I really need help with this area, et cetera. Even that discovery process is interesting because they may need help and not know it in just self-discovery. So sometimes these tools, I know, Tammy, you've used them multiple times of whether it's a 360, which is where you want to explain what a 360 is? Well, a 360 is, yeah, 360 degree view of you. And it's usually done for development purposes, not for performance purposes. So someone above you or someone who gets your work product or that you, you know, you serve someone beside you um, in a peer relationship and then maybe somebody who reports to you. Sometimes you don't have those clean traditional roles, but just a view around you of who you are and what you do. I do think there are different types of mentoring. So if someone said, I need mentoring, I think I should have a mentor, but I'm not really sure why, I would ask, yeah, to what end? But also, you know, sometimes mentoring is about relationships. Sometimes it's about information or facilitating discovery, as you said. Sometimes it's about confrontation and sharing honestly a perspective that the person might need to hear. So there really are different kinds of mentoring relationships I think one of the, the things I've seen happen in my career is an organization that decides we need a mentoring program. Yes. I can't tell you how many times we've you know put together mentoring programs in different organizations. And to your first point, Skip, unless there's willingness, openness, a sense of what the value and benefit is, those sort of forced mentoring programs don't usually work very well. They don't. And I think the foundation is trust, too. If you don't have trust, then why is this being imposed on me? What did I do wrong? What am I? Are you talking about the mentor or the mentee? It could be both. We're talking about you, Drew. Yes. You know, the other thing I think of is, to me, there is a difference between a manager, a mentor, a coach, and a therapist. And sometimes when people say they want a mentor, they want all of those things. And they want the mentor, coach, whoever they want to ask to do all the work. So part of being ready to me is also, are you ready to do the work? Because a mentor's not going to, you know, oh, I said shortcut to success, but it's shortcut because they're going to help guide you, but you have to be willing to do the work. And if you're not willing to do the work, you are not ready to embark on the relationship. So if you're looking for a mentor and you're trying to, to say who is a mentor and you've identified the rationale, the the reasons you've been more specific, you've done all those things to, to answer the question, Drew, that you posed. What qualities do you look for in a mentor? Is there someone who makes a good mentor in terms of personality makeup or expertise or some specific set of qualities that really is more beneficial in choosing your mentor? Well, I think 
I'll go on the personality route just to throw you guys a curveball. Um, you know, I think it's got to be somebody who is willing to take the time to sit down with you over lunch and listen to what you want and give some advice. And not, not everybody's like that. Um, that can be hard to figure out too, especially if you're going in cold. So, I mean, you've got to be looking for somebody who is willing to take some of their time and spend it just on you. By the way, I, I get those requests all the time. Would you mentor me? Would you mentor me? And I can't. And I'm honest. And I say, unfortunately, I just can't do it. I don't have the time and or I wouldn't be the right person and or you don't know what you're looking for and, and, and. And it's hard to sometimes redirect them. But I think that's an excellent point. Tammy, what were you going to add? I was going to say something very similar, willingness and opportunity. Sometimes you're willing, but you don't have the time. It's a season in your life where that's just not going to work. Sometimes, too, people will look at someone who they think is very successful and they'll ask that person to provide mentoring to them. But to your point, Drew, they don't really know what they're looking for. I think maybe narrowing it a little bit and thinking about, is there a skill that you need to build? And is there an individual that you know who's exceptional at that skill? So you want to learn that. Is there a network that you need to tap into or you need to even know how to build a network and somebody who's done that effectively? How can I, you know, be coached or mentored along those lines? Honesty is another, I think, key quality of a mentor, someone who's willing to be candid with you about things that you might need to hear, but you may not want to hear, or you don't even know that you need to hear. So I I think honesty, someone who's, you know, who cares about you, you said trust. Um, When I think about the best mentors that I've had for me, I mean, Drew, maybe this won't be as important for you, but for me, knowing that they cared about me as a person and that I could be kind of open with them and vulnerable with them a little bit and could trust them with the information I was sharing. That was foundational. And then I could listen to other information they might share. I just take that for granted. Don't you guys care about me? (laughs) (laughs) We care deeply. Deeply. It's just my going in assumption. Tammy, you know, it's something that's maybe obvious to you, but not to many of our listeners. I believe honesty comes in flavors. Now you think, well, what does that mean? You're either honest or you're not. Well, that's true. But how you're honest And so if we look at our personality types, if you're approaching it and you're looking for a mentor, how honest and blunt do you want that person to be? I I use blunt deliberately because honesty that's blunt and says, you're this, you're that, I'm a much more direct communicator. Some people can't handle that. What they want to have is fluff, 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 fluff. Well, maybe you might want to consider fluff, 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 fluff. That's not me. Right. And so is it me? Tammy's laughing. And you're I'm trying laughing. not to. That's it's slightly true. slanted, but but very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to you when you say you want honest, but you want that. Per- so other people can only receive it if it is that blunt. I don't know who I'm looking at, Drew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Drew loves that. Like, what are we doing that for? Like, what is it? You tell them that's it. Move right. on. And so it does very much depend. But I, I do think honesty comes in flavors now, not I'm not talking about shade the facts or not be honest, but how you communicate that. Some people can receive more direct. So you have to look and say, hmm, how are they as a communicator? Can I handle? You can't handle the truth. And, you know, I I think on the practical side of, of your question about a good mentor, if you're the mentee, if you're the person who wants this, right, if you can get a little bit more specific of your needs. So I'll give you an example. If you just say, I want to be successful. Well, there's a million ways to be successful, and it might not work for you. If you say, you know what, I'm in this department today, and I really want to change my career and get in that department over there, and oh, look, that person successfully did that. 
That's much more targeted, much more purposeful way to have a conversation and say, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I love that. And, yeah. and obviously, as a CEO, blogger, podcaster, author, all the things I do, people will always ask me to be a mentor, and they're not thinking of that. I'm not the best person for them in many of those cases. And so many people, and Drew, you talked about this earlier, say, oh, I want so-and-so as a mentor. And they find it so very hard. You know, they listen to this. They want a mentor. Even if they go through the process, it's just hard to get a mentor. And they're like, I really, really need this. Or I identified the perfect person. She's caring. She's empathetic. She knows what I want. She's had a talk show. She's a billionaire. Her name's Oprah. And she'd be a great mentor. <laughs> but I wrote to her and she didn't respond, right? So, and then I'm frustrated by this, right? They are. They're frustrated. I had the perfect mentor. And so they say, how do I find that perfect mentor? And how do I approach? What's the best way to approach someone who is appropriate to say, would you be my mentor? Sometimes there's a mutual benefit that can be had. So I may be good at something that someone else is interested in, and we might be able to kind of mutually exchange information. I think that's one way to approach. Being specific, Drew talked about that. That's another way to approach. You know, people are complimented, I think, sometimes if someone comes to you and says, I, I'd really like you to mentor me. But it is important to be clear about what you're looking for, as clear as you can be and have a mentor who might be able to help you discover that, go into it with a little bit of structure. You mentioned to the sort of virtual board of, of advisors or board of directors. I hadn't thought about the fact that some of those people might be people you've never even met that you've just you know listened to or read. I like that structure too, because it's less formal. It might just be I'm going to have coffee with someone who I know always has a unique perspective on this, and I might not even call them a mentor, but that's really what they're doing. I've even done um, mentor matchmaking where, and this is- I hear a Fiddler on the Roof song, yeah. matchmaker. <laughs> but it was actually, it actually worked out well where I had somebody younger in the organization who was female and wanted to kind of connect with a strong female leader, right? I cannot play that role, but I was happy to say, you know what? I've got some strong female leaders on my team. Let me not make any promises, but let me talk and see. I think they might value- doing some conversation like that or building a relationship like that. And it worked out really well. So they asked you for help, but- But it's not me. But it's not you. Right. Yeah. I think so many people are willing to help, and yet you have to be very cautious. You know, I I'm a lawyer, but I haven't practiced in decades. I had somebody who wrote to me this week, I need your legal advice on such and such. And I said, well, I'm not going to weigh in on that in any way at all. I'm not licensed in that state. And it's been too long, and I, I would weigh in, it could cause you more problems than not. And I feel that's the same way in a, in a mentor relationship of you have to think the mentors, not just thinking, you know, I'm busy, do I have time for you? But also, can I add value? Am I the right person? Would you listen? Am I patient enough to it? Is that the specific area I want to? If you hone in on something that's really of interest to them, they may light up and it may be just perfect, that perfect area of interest, but it's not always the case. What tips do you have for people to get the most out of if they've entered a mentoring relationship, whether formal or more of that coffee thing, Tammy, you were talking about? How do you get the most out of a mentoring relationship? What do you do? I say give it time. I mean, I know we said shortcut, but I think the relationships I've been in like this in both directions, I have found them more valuable when they are many conversations over a long amount of time you know, an occasional lunch, an email when I've got a question about a specific issue, not a quick fix. Like 
hey, I'm going to sit down and have lunch with you, and then I'm going to be promoted tomorrow. you got to get that expectation in line. This could be a, a long-term relationship. Yeah, I think those are great points. I think it's also important to be prepared, but not too structured. Mm-hmm. So if you over-focus on structure or, you know, how do you do mentoring, you might miss the nuggets of information or wisdom that get shared. I've never called it this, but having different people in my network that I go to with different questions. I know this person's really good at thinking about organizational structure, and that's actually a real mentor in my circle. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, different ways to organize things or different options, very organized, succinct in the way they know how to do that, I might go to them. If I'm thinking about, you know, more of a communications or relationship issue or kind of business issue, I might go to different people. So not being too structured, but being purposeful. Purposely not structured. Right. I like it. Perfect. And, and it's true, areas of inquiry almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be prepared. Yeah. How about the reverse, which is tips for mentors? So that's how you approach a mentor. But if you are the mentor, what are some tips for you? I mean, the way I would start out in answering that would be not to solve the problems, not to answer the questions, but to ask the questions. It's very hard for me. I had to learn when somebody was coming to me for advice and counsel, not to give them the answer. And instead, you're trying to develop the thinking and you want them to arrive at what's best for them and their situation. So have you considered? Tell me more about this. Why does that bother you? What are you thinking when? Explain a little bit more to me. Why do you think this person is is reacting that way? Did that ever happen before? Tell me a little bit more about that time. And I force myself to ask the questions and just write down the answers. And I think I'm not going to say any declarative sentence. It's all going to be interrogatory, every question mark. So that I'm not, and it's hard, right? Because executives are, are trained to solve problems and give answers and we're rushed. We're always rushed. And to slow down and just ask questions. I think it's really very, very important in a mentoring relationship. It can often be important in a management relationship, but even more so in a mentoring relationship to just ask those questions. What other tips would you give for mentors or does that resonate with you? It does resonate with me. I I think the thing that that came to mind immediately when you asked was if it is a situation where you have been in their shoes, to really try to remember what it felt like. I'll use ambition as one because that's near and dear to my heart, right? I remember when ambition was driving me crazy. Like I, I was just ready. I was ready for more, 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 more. It didn't matter what direction. It didn't, you know. And you know, with time, it works out. It's. I, I remember fun. that too. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it works out, right? But the last thing somebody who feels like that wants to hear is just be patient. It's going to work out. You've got to remember what what is that person feeling right now? What, I, you know, I don't like when people say that either. That doesn't work, <laughs> right? It doesn't just be work. patient. And that would be the first tip to mentors: don't ever say. Just be patient. It will work out. If you take nothing else from this, please, mentors, don't say that. (laughs) Because the mentee is just, that is not helpful. Is that helpful? No. 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 It just drives them crazy. I had that many, many times myself. You don't Don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And I think what you were saying, Skip, earlier, and I've been in sessions with you where you didn't say to me, I'm going to mentor you about this, but you did exactly what you said. You were doing questions, discovery probing what's really beneath this, kind of pulling back the layers. I think you hit on a key point. But before you say the key point, Mm -hmm. keep that in suspense for our listeners. Be patient. Just me asking those questions (laughs) means I had a good night's sleep. (laughs) It's a whole different podcast. That is a whole different Skip Pritchard. (laughs) We're so grateful. That's awesome. Yeah, giving advice, though. You've both talked about it. 
mentoring is more about facilitating than it is giving advice. There are times where a nugget of advice is there, but I think a lot of people think when, oh, I'm going to be a mentor, I'm going to get a mentor, it's give me advice or I'm going to give advice. And it's really much less about advice and more about facilitation. That's really good. How about mentors and what's in it for them? You know, so many times I think the person asking for the mentor knows exactly what's in it for them, but the mentor doesn't think at all that anything's in it. Now, you talked about, Tammy, about kind of an exchange and those kind of relationships, but if it's somebody who's really new and really green and and maybe not have all of that, and yet I have found tremendous benefit from the mentoring process. A few examples, good relationship, rethinking some fundamentals and basics. You learn more from teaching than you do from doing. It comes into your mind in a deeper way. You end up with a richer understanding of a subject matter or a situation. You develop empathy for the person or for other people who are in that situation. Drew, to your point earlier, it puts you back in the shoes. And just being forced to do that is a very powerful opportunity to remember. I remember one person told me, you've got to remember what it's like to be in the third grade. Do you remember that? Put yourself I there. I do now. You yes, do with now. all this that's going <laughs> with on. With all the homeschooling. With all the homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember what it was like when you were in the third grade in the pandemic? It, it wasn't and, like this. In the pandemic. Yeah. I and bet all, he was no. good at math. Yeah, I was. You were good at math. <laughs> yeah. So mentors really benefit from this relationship. It is not one way. And it's not just, I get the benefit of giving and, you know, it's kind of like donating my time. And because there is a benefit and there's a wonderful benefit if you give, if you go to a homeless shelter, if you feed somebody, you know, there's extraordinary benefit for the giver, numerous health benefits, numerous mental benefits, et cetera. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it actually makes you better. It makes you a better leader if you're a mentor to some regular degree, is my opinion. Thoughts on that? I think you learn from everyone. So even if they're early in their career, there are things you can learn. When you're thinking about, you said teaching, when you're talking about an opportunity or you're probing with questions, there's a natural circle to that where you're reminded of those same things. Maybe lessons you already learned or information you already had or a way of approaching things that now you're reminded about. I do think there are people who are highly, highly motivated by the giving element of it. When I think about the mentoring relationships that have been most satisfactory for me as a mentor, the ones that have been the most satisfactory are the ones where it evolved organically over time and that person achieved what they set out to achieve. And whether it's a promotion or you know measurable success, they, it's like you went down the journey with them and you get to be a little bit of a part of that journey. And for me anyway, that's very, very fulfilling. And I think from a corporate perspective, this is a little bit not about me and it is, if I can help anybody in our company be better at anything, I would love to. I mean, that just makes all of us work better. It makes everything go smoother. If, if there's anything I can do to help with that, that's great. It may not come back to me directly, but it doesn't have to for it to be a good thing. Yeah, especially if you're helping somebody in your organization, because then it's helping the organization, which Mm -hmm. also helps. I mean, the reason you're in an organization is not just a paycheck. It's also the mission. It's also the purpose. It's also the drive for success for that organization and serving your customers in in a robust way that gets customers moved and excited. And that, I think, is is a huge benefit that most people wouldn't think about, that benefit isn't just personal it's corporate mm-hmm. if you i guess that's why these companies say we have to have a mentoring program and shoehorn it in and 
I heard about it on this podcast. I heard about it. I, I'm not sure if I like it, but I heard about it. I've never asked for that. That's good. You haven't. No. You haven't, but people here do it. And I will say this. When you mentor someone, maybe in your own organization, and they get recruited into another organization, and there's that sort of bipolar reaction to, oh, I can't believe we're going to lose so-and-so. They're so good. The other side of that is... I feel kind of proud that I could be a part of their journey and that we were able to give them opportunities and experiences and, yes, mentoring that prepare them. So, yes, inside the organization there was great benefit, but then you're also helping provide a benefit to other parts of the community, other organizations, and it widens your network too. So so there's a mutual connection there. It's really terrific. And I want to give a shout-out to a former executive I knew, Johnny Sechrist, who did an amazing job. And judged his success not by only his operations expertise and kind of efficiency and the things he was driving to, which he was, you know, laser focused on. But every year he promoted more people to be recruited outside in other departments than anybody else over and over and over because he did such a good job of developing and uh, maturing and just making people fly. And so whether it's inside the organization, which he really liked, or even outside, it does give you this huge sense of success because you championed others. You helped them get to a different place. So I, I love when I see that. But he, he in particular took such great joy in it that it, I've never forgotten it in terms of not being angry that some of his stars were poached. And instead, he thought it was terrific, both for them, the organization, and, and the person, and, and genuinely seemed happy with it to the best of my knowledge. So we know what's what's in it for a mentor. I think it also helps change you as a mentor, which is good. How about this one? When does the relationship need to move on from mentoring to another phase when it's kind of time to end it? You know, I think about consultants. Some consultants, even if they're mentoring or coaching, will never want it to end. They hang on way too long. Well, they have an incentive for mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet the best consultants won't do that. They will say, our time together has drawn to a close because, I mean, those are the best ones. Like, then you clamor for more, which is the Seinfeld thing, right? You always want to end at the top when people <laughs> clamor for more. I'll leave them wanting Don't more. Don't go three seasons too long, right. right? End at the top. The best coaches, the best mentors, I think, will say, it's time and move on. How do you know when it's time to move on to another phase? Not I mean, lose the relationship. No, but I, I think that's back to, you know, knowing what you're trying to do in the first place. And not necessarily fix this problem about you, but just I'm trying to achieve this. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to figure this out. And if, you, if you're if you specific about that up front, then you know. And maybe, you know, like Tammy said, you don't have to be so rigid and structured. Maybe you find four other things that you all are complementarily working on, but maybe not. And if you don't, then it's good. Yeah, I think if it's skill building, there's probably a more finite beginning and end or problem solving, more finite beginning and end. If it's more networking, relationship building, when I think of some of the mentors that that I've had along those lines, um, some who've been able to do all of it, those are long-term relationships, but they're not frequent, if that makes sense. I have one mentor that I've probably had for 25 years, and I may talk to once a year. There were times when I was connected more closely with that individual, but now it's you know probably once a year or when there's a need either on his side or on mine. I think you just know, you know. You just know. <laughs> yeah. At it's least over. one person knows. <laughs> right. So how about 
the, the consultant who keeps billing you doesn't know. But, no, but no. But as Drew said, they have an incentive. An Didn't incentive he there. used to be a consultant, Drew? I know. Yeah. Uh, I know all sides of that equation. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. too. On the other hand, when you have a mentor who's extraordinary and they try to retire Bruce Rhodes and year after year tell you they're retired and you just refuse to let that person That's retire right. because yes. the wisdom's so good. And you've all worked with oh, Bruce. Yeah. Right. Gifted. We can't let him go no. as our as our mentor of our team. How about a culture of mentoring? How do you develop it? So we talked about pushing some program in and everybody's a mentor. That's not what I mean. How do you develop a culture of mentoring and a culture of learning? What are some ways to do that? Well, I think one is you've got to be okay with people talking outside the the org chart or you know just being comfortable with that. There's some leaders that just are are super uncomfortable with that. Why was that person talking to you in your office about that? They should have been coming to me. You know, if you can let that go and let people freely, confidently talk to whoever in the organization has that skill set, they have a, you know, a connection to, that's one way to just make the culture where it's okay. You don't have to feel bad about not talking to your boss first. Yeah, that, I think that's a great point. I think this is one of those areas, too, where leadership plays a unique role. You can certainly have pockets of mentoring and giving you know, guidance and information and sharing and discovery happening in all levels of the organization. But when you have a leader who is authentic, who is open, who shares their mistakes who shares what they're learning. Writes a book about them. We should get one. Writes we a should book get a leader about, like that. You know, we should get it. Wait a minute. I think I know someone like that. Um, the, those things, they have just a tremendous impact than the, you know, just the PowerPoints or the philosophy that you share. I think it's an action-oriented thing that people see and think, okay, making mistakes is okay. Learning is okay. Being authentic is okay. Yeah, a culture of mentoring, something I think is – an overlooked from an organizational perspective. We don't think about that. We think about organizational efficiencies mm -hmm. and KPIs and SWOT analysis. And, and we don't think, how do we develop a culture of learning, a culture of teaching, a culture where it's okay to fail, a culture where we lift each other up? It makes an enormous difference. That safety valve uh, creates really positive momentum in every way. So last question, mentor your early self. If you want to talk to yourself and you find yourself as the mentor, you want to go back, what, and you're looking like Tammy's turning like, oh, no. <laughs> they never know what these questions are going to be. We I don't never know what do. these questions it are. It is a what's, wild ride. What's one thing you would say to your earlier self? You were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> be patient. It'll come. Be patient. It'll be fine. <laughs> you're not a good mentor to yourself. No, though. no, no, I'm not. I would say you are not going to be able to please everyone. So you have to be confident and make choices that are in line with your goals and your values. You can't worry about pleasing everyone. Um, the other thing I might say is when you have size 10 feet, don't try to wear a size eight. It hurts. Ooh. There will be a man. His name is Skip Pritchard. Listen to him. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Listen, do what he says. Run as fast as you can. Fast as you can. Get out of town. It is always interesting to try to think about what you would say to yourself and to, to reflect on that. And I think it's also difficult because you can't go back in that snapshot in time. But then we have kids so that we can see what we would tell our earlier selves. And then they hear it over and over. And then you find that you're talking like your parents. 
And so this cycle just repeats. Right. You're saying the things you said you'd never say. <laughs> yes. But then your kids are different than you. So you're saying those things, but yeah. But you don't care. You're still saying them. Because it's are. a That's tradition. Because right. it's the right thing to <laughs> That's say. That's right. <laughs> well, if you want to aim higher, first, develop self-awareness, study the area that you need, and then find yourself a mentor or a good coach in that area. You will find that there's often no better way to hit your goals and to aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.